0: The first degree. First degree. First degree.
1: First degree. First degree. First degree. degree. The first degree. You see it on the news, you see it on
2: the paper, you see it on Facebook. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life.
3: You know, when I read that he had gotten attacked and bludgeoned, and basically they had just said, beaten to death. You know, I kind of had nightmares, and I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder, Did he try to fight back? You know, he's a religious man. He's a man of God. I would hope he tried to defend himself. And that really bugged me for a long time.
4: Hey, guys, welcome to the First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting next to Alexis Linkletter and across from Billy Jensen because we're podcasting from our hotel room in Atlanta, the Claremont Hotel. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to them. We actually love it. Yeah, we had a great time here. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a strip
5: club in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> it's odd, but <laughs> awesome. It's odd.
1: It was High- very good with good a lot li- br- with they, a live band. It was great.
5: They have good branding. They do. They're the soap in the bathroom. It says "so fresh and so clean, clean." And I'm like, okay, like <laughs> I, I feel get, this. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I hi- highly
4: recommend coming here if you guys ever find your way in Atlanta. Yes. Um, but Billy, what day is it?
1: It is National Bubble Bath Day.
4: Oh, oh. there! I don't know if I've ever seen so many days. In one,
1: I think they're just they're they're stocking them now because they couldn't do any days, you know, over everybody the over the holidays. Yeah, so, so it's just like, like
4: you know, it's a new, it's so, a new year, new me. So Argyle new day.
1: day, Bubble Bath Day, Earth's Rotation Day, National English Toffee Day. That's I do like, a, I do like a nice toffee.
5: I love Bubble that. Bath Day is my favorite. Baths are my favorite. I don't. World. I, I get too hot in a bath. I love a bath. I love to be bathed.
1: By the way, <laughs> by the way, Jack is cold all the time. So to hear her say, I get too hot in a bath is a little bit infuriating because I, she's cold. Whenever we're doing the podcast, she's I'm always, always just like, it's so cold in here.
5: You don't get hot in a bath.
4: I get so hot. I overheat in a bath <clears throat> and then I hate feeling pruney. <clears throat> I love everything about it. I feel like I'm going to pass out when I take baths. I want to
5: be shriveled until I die. <laughs> okay. Well, shriveled me up. <laughs> Oh, that's enough of that. Uh, So let's turn down the lights and turn up your anxiety.
1: Because this could be you.
5: This
4: case takes us back to New Year's Day of 2014. The top song on the charts was The Monster by Eminem and Rihanna, and movies in the theaters were Paranormal Activity and Open Grave.
5: The setting of today's case is Eureka, California. Whether you've heard of Eureka or not, what you need to know is that it is the largest coastal city between San Francisco and Portland, Oregon. Eureka received its name from the Greek word meaning, I've found it, Eureka, Eureka which stemmed from times of the California gold rush. And visually, at least in terms of the architecture, this place is known for its elaborate Victorian buildings, homes, and beyond that, community-wise, it's truly wholesome atmosphere.
1: On New Year's Day of 2014, the morning mass was about to commence at the St. Bernard Church in Eureka. The church's pastor, Father Eric Fried, who was known as Father Eric, was a man known for his punctuality. He was not only always on time, but he was known to be early. So when the morning mass on New Year's Day was about to start and he was nowhere to be found, people were concerned. Especially because the distance between his residence and the church was less than two meters because he lived actually on the property. There was no sign of him at eight fifty a m nine a m and then nine to five a m and when he still hadn't arrived, one of the church deacons went to the church rectory to see what was holding him up
5: and what he found was something he was not expecting and could never have comprehended. when he entered the rectory, he called up to his friend Father Eric, and when there was no answer, he went up to his room and found Father Eric lying in there, bloodied and dead. And the deacon who made this discovery immediately called the police. And then he went back to the church that was filled with parishioners who were waiting for mass to start and told them that mass was canceled because something tragic had happened. And within minutes, the church parking lot was swarming with police cars and lined with yellow crime tape. Medical response teams arrived. And it was then that they confirmed that the badly beaten body was in fact, Father Eric, and it was clear, based on the condition of his body, that he'd been murdered.
6: Well, good afternoon. Um, I'm Andy Mills, and the chief of police for Eureka uh, Police Department. Um, Eureka PD, with support from California Department of Justice, the uh, Humboldt County District Attorney's Office, the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office, are conducting a murder investigation at 615 Eighth Street, the rectory of Saint Bernard's Church. This morning at about nine o'clock, officers were summoned to this location to uh, check suspicious circumstances in the rectory and found one person who appeared deceased. Uh, I want to ensure the residents of Eureka that this does not appear to be a larger situation where people need to be concerned. However, we are expending every resource possible to make sure that this investigation is as thorough as possible. Uh, Having said that, I am not going to answer questions about the identity of the deceased person, uh, nor am I going to talk about the crime scene itself. Well, I don't want to, you know, everybody knows it's Father Eric. Father Eric is a friend of mine, um, a a tremendous person in this community. He's been here about three years, um, involved with the Japanese community, uh, multilingual, just a tremendous person, and this is an absolutely tremendous loss, not only for the St. Bernard's Parish, but for our community in general. Uh, I'll just say this, for those of us that believe in prayer, this is the time for that, and, uh, and hope we can find out who did this.
1: So off the bat, the police observed signs of forced entry. There was a wooden gate that was broken off its hinges. A window was broken, and the entry door to Father Eric's room on the second floor was damaged and appeared to have been kicked in. On the outside of the building, the investigators observed pieces of broken pipe near an exterior gate as well as inside the rectory. They also found pieces of broken wood inside, and they saw a partially burned cigar that was resting on a lit burner on the stove.
4: And when police approached the body, they saw blood everywhere. He was wrapped in a blanket that smelled strongly of alcohol, and there were empty whiskey bottles scattered all over the floor. A metal pipe and a wooden stake were found underneath Father Fried's body. A broken and bloody pilsner glass with jagged edges was also found near him. And a piece of wood was embedded in his knee. Father Eric's cell phone was discovered near his body, but it had been completely destroyed. They found blood spots consistent with spatter on the entry door upstairs and blood smears everywhere in the living quarters, including in the bathroom, in the shower, on the soap,
5: in the sink, and on discarded wet wipes. The shock of the news was permeating from the church and trickling through town, which then moved into neighboring towns and across the country. People were horrified. People knew Father Eric. People were devastated. And the sadness was evident. But even more evident were the questions. Who would have done such a thing to such a universally loved priest? And more importantly, why?
0: We believe in the police Spirit. This morning, mystery surrounding the murder of a beloved Catholic priest found dead inside the rectory of his own church. He spoken through the prophets. Pastor Eric Freed, seen here during his installation at Eureka, California, St. Bernard Church in 2011. Overnight, the town's mayor telling us he was a beloved man of God whose murder has rocked the community. Freed's body was found Wednesday morning after he failed to show up for a 9 a.m. New Year's Mass. Overnight, his parishioners gathered not for a sermon before a somber press conference outside the church. Their place of refuge now surrounded by yellow crime scene tape. Fried also taught religious studies at Humboldt State University. So far police have not yet revealed details about a possible motive, cause of death or suspect.
2: The community is devastated. These kind of things uh, just don't don't happen here.
0: Father Fried was apparently killed sometime between Tuesday night and Wednesday morning's mass. We reached out to St. Bernard's overnight They told us Freed was planning on using his sermon to announce his goals for the new year. To be happy, thankful, and aware that faith is understanding it's all in God's hands.
5: And the news of this horrific crime spread back to all corners of the country and reached individuals in towns and cities where Father Eric had worked prior, including Mountain View, California, where he'd once been a teacher. And this is where our first degree met Father Eric. Here's Megan.
3: So I went to a high school in Mountain View at St. Francis, um, a private school um, that's kind of big out here. There's a lot of like private school, high schools deaf people go to. Um, and he came and joined um, at St. Francis as a teacher and a priest um, my sophomore year. And so I had him as like a religious studies teacher sophomore year and then also senior year of high school. Um, and, you know, he came and he has this big Japanese influence. He could also speak Italian. So when he kind of came, it was his first time in the area. Um, but he was really excited about being a teacher and he was just fantastic. <laughs> he got very, you know, comfortable and loved being a part of the community. He gave me an award for like religious studies. <laughs> student of the year you're allowed to select one as kind of your favorite um student who's progressed the most um and I I got very close with him uh, my senior year um I even did you know confession face to face with him not behind a screen like you might see in the movies but I was just that comfortable with him and trusted him and kind of led as an example and all my other fellow students were like, wow, this is an amazing priest. Like, everybody felt very comfortable with him. He really, really just loved being a teacher. And so I think when I was in college, um, I found out through um, an alumni high school email. That email just kind of had st- stated that, you know, hey, please keep Father Eric in your thoughts. He,
1: you know... died. They didn't really specify that he was murdered. On the heels of the discovery of Father Eric's body, all areas of the church property were searched. And the investigation revealed that Father Fried's dark gray 2010 Nissan Hybrid was missing from the scene. In the meantime, an autopsy was conducted and some of his injuries were truly just horrific. He died from blunt force injuries to the head and thorax and asphyxia by neck compression. One or both of these, blunt force trauma and asphyxiation, cut off blood flow to Freed's brain.
3: Yeah, I was extremely sad when I found out and, you know, I jumped onto the internet right away to see if I could get more answers because I, I couldn't believe it. It's like he was so young. He was a priest and there were no details other than please keep them in your prayers and your thoughts. So when I went online to see if there was any more information or articles, um, you know, I, that's when I found out that he'd been murdered in his own church rectory. Um, you know, that's supposed to be a safe place place. And he's a priest. He's the man of God. It was shocking. When you say Father Eric, that makes people stop and really reflect. And it's like, oh God, not Father Eric. And that's how I felt when I read that email. I was like, what? Oh my God. No, that that cannot be possible. And yeah, I mean, really made me reflect on all the times and high school that he was so kind and caring, not just to me, but to all my other, you know, classmates. But, you know, maybe they didn't really care about religion that much, but we all enjoyed his class. He made it fun and he didn't make it necessarily, you know, shoving sacraments down your throat with all kinds of, you know, throwing the Bible at you. A rectory is the place where all the priests live and they sleep and reside there. Um, after like a church, um, after a mass, when they do collections for donations, they take that money and they walk it straight into the rectory. Um, it's where you would go to make any appointments with the priest because that's where they live. Um, my brother was actually um, in the seminary for about four years, and he lived at one of the rectories, um, so that's where he would reside. It's just like right next to the parish. It's just basically the priest's house.
4: Father Eric's injuries included separated vertebrae and a broken ligament in the spine, which can only occur when the back is hyperextended. There was a skull fracture on the orbital roof above the left eye and a deep laceration down the nose from bridge to tip. He had a question mark shaped laceration on the top of the head and mouth injuries included lacerations and bruising of the tongue and lips and a torn frenulum. And these injuries were caused with a broken Pilsner glass. His knee had also been impaled with a wooden slat. You know, I
3: was horrified to find out that he was beaten to death. There still wasn't a lot of details at first, even in the initial articles that came out. And then as they slowly started to come out, I was keeping up with the case and it was just terrible finding out that he was tortured, bludgeoned to death, tried to conceal it by wrapping him up in a blanket and trying pour alcohol and lighting it on fire and it was just really disturbing.
5: And while the police didn't yet have the who or the why, a picture of what happened began to emerge. The police believe that someone broke into the church, encountered Father Eric, and then a violent struggle had occurred, resulting in the brutal slang of this beloved community priest. Then the suspect fled in Father Eric's car after ransacking the living quarters. And the police struggled as to where to search for leads because Father Eric had none imminently. I mean, you're not dating women. You're not dating anybody. You're you're celibate as a priest. So there's none of that going on. And he'd been with this particular church for almost five years. And those who knew him described him as intelligent, warm, well spoken, inspiring when he spoke. That being said, too, he he just had he had been living overseas for many years. There was very few things that could have been sort of skeletons in his closet, yeah. so to say.
1: The LA Times described him as a remarkable man. This is a quote. A native of Los Angeles, he originally had no interest in the priesthood. But then, and this is this is how they quoted him, when he was a kid, the last thing he ever wanted to be was a priest because priests were old guys who would never do much. Then he met a Salesian priest who could play basketball well. And that style attracted him.
5: Right. And he then went to Loyola Marymount University to study. And after that, he went to Rome to study the priesthood. And then he moved to Japan for 20 years to study further. And then it was in 2014, he was back in the United States. He had been at the St. Bernard's Church in Eureka. But prior to that, obviously, we know he was teaching at a high school. But this was a very worldly, smart well educated man?
3: I'd say probably like my sophomore year. I definitely got into some trouble, like, you know, shoplifting here and there or something like that, which just kind of was a punk and sneaking out and didn't really want to take school that serious. But he challenged me in our religious studies class sophomore year and he wanted to engage in conversations. I mean, we even had. You know, students, we had a Jewish girl in our class. We had another girl that was Buddhist, and he wanted conversations with everybody. And just, you know, engaging in that way, it made me say, hey, like, you know, my parents are pretty religious, and I would have to go to church every Sunday, but I just didn't really care. I wouldn't really be paying attention, but, you know, through his influence and making me want to, you know, have more conversations about it at school, you know, it made me really take a step back and actually start caring and listening to the gospel and stuff like that when I would go to mass on Sunday. And then also we would have, you know, uh, high school masses at least once a month, sometimes two, three times a month. And other kids that were Catholic maybe thought it wasn't cool to, you know, stand up and receive the communion, but I kind of felt that I needed to stand up and, you know, kind of encourage my other friends, hey, come on, we're all Catholic, let's stand up. It's not not cool to go and get the Eucharist. Um, So I kind of wanted to be a spokesman, sort of, in my own sense, to get other people more involved because he made it a lot of fun.
4: The investigation into the murder of Father Eric was an all-hands-on-deck situation, and law enforcement immediately began for searching for any viable leads. And they learned that there had been another incident at a church on the very same day that Father Eric's body was found at the church. And according to Heavy.com, quote, In the afternoon hours on New Year's Day, an employee at Sacred Heart Church on Myrtle Avenue in Eureka opened the door of the church to find an unknown man inside. The
5: man reportedly fled as the employee dialed the police. So the police were not sure as to whether or not this other church incident was connected to Father Eric's slaying, but with no other leads to go on, they were grateful for at least a place to start as far as their investigation was concerned. And meanwhile, the investigation at the crime scene barreled forward and law enforcement searched police reports for other incidents or suspicious activity that had occurred Within the previous 24 hours, could any other of these crimes that had occurred in this town be connected to what had happened to Father Eric? The police learned that someone had actually tried to set fire to Father Eric's body inside the church and, and tried to blow up the church. And these facts prompted additional questions. Was it simply an attempt at covering up the crime and covering up what had been done to Father Eric Or is there some terroristic or anti-religious aspect to what is going on here? Yeah. Right. And then
4: also the Times Standard reported that an A-shaped symbol made of dirt had been constructed at the
5: church, which further suggests some religious tie-in to this crime. So in combing the records, police learned that there had been suspicious activity at the church on New Year's Eve in the form of a suspicious man at the St. Bernard Church. And the local Coast Outpost put together an account of how law enforcement was dispatched to deal with what at first appeared to be a relatively benign problem.
7: 1X5, Control, Wendy Go for X5.
4: Uh, 33 unwanted suspicious mail subject pending at 72 West Coast. road with X5 if you want me to start 26.
7: We can be in route. DHC's Code 4 with 11015.
4: Received at 72 West Coast Road, and he's currently hiding in the bushes, making nonsensical statements, acting bizarre, possibly under the influence. One Q33, control and
0: see.
4: Three. Q33 at RP, the Garberville Station, reporting the same subject, acting suspicious, and it's possibly lost a bullet for St. under the influence, and he
5: was last seen wearing a maroon-colored track suit, and he was last seen in the alley behind their Redway Inn.
4: The man in question was 43-year-old Gary Lee Bullock. He was a resident of Redway, California, which is a city a little over an hour away from Eureka by car. Bullock was a husband, father of two daughters, and a former truck driver. The police arrived on the scene, and the local coast outpost reported that, quote, the suspect told the arresting officer that he had used both meth and heroin. And while he went into custody peacefully on the way to the jail in Eureka, Bullock grew agitated with numerous reports saying that he tried to kick out the patrol car windows. He grew so difficult, deputies had to, quote, violently restrain him. And his heart rate was greatly elevated.
1: Bullock was charged with public intoxication in the neighboring town of Gaberville and taken 67 miles north to jail in Eureka, which is where the St. Bernard Church was located. And after his arrest, his strange behavior persisted and became increasingly erratic, prompting law enforcement to take him to a hospital for a psych evaluation. He was then booked into jail for eight hours and then released shortly after midnight. And only two hours had passed when local police responded to a call about a suspicious person near the jail, which was within close proximity to the church. And it was Bullock. And at this point, Bullock was no longer intoxicated, so they had no cause for arrest. But they didn't leave him there. They removed him from the property and took Bullock to a shelter for the evening. Then after that, a security guard heard noise near the church and went to investigate. And he saw a man matching his description, and after a short conversation he compelled him to leave the premises. These revelations were huge, and the police are thinking this could be their guy. And even more evidence emerged that implicated Bullock as a prime suspect. The police had located surveillance footage that showed a man who resembled Bullock leaving the church property in Father Eric's vehicle. They believed Gary Lee Bullock
7: was their guy. But where was he? They needed to find him. Who
4: is this
7: suspect? The police made a lot of progress in 24 hours. The suspect they're identifying now is 43-year-old Gary Lee Bullock. He is from Humboldt County. That's the county where Eureka, the city where this murder took place. Um, And they had this man in custody until a few hours before the murder. Uh, Uh, Let me backtrack a little bit about what we're talking about. We are talking about the priest that was killed. His name is Eric Freed. He'd been at the parish only two years or so, but he had become beloved by many of the parishioners. He was found dead yesterday morning after he didn't show up for the 9 a.m. mass. One parishioner went next door to check on him at the rectory, and that's when they found his body. Police revealed today that there was a very violent scene inside of that rectory. There clearly was a life and death struggle that took place. They say they've got evidence that connects the suspect to the scene. This suspect had been in custody, as I say, for intoxication. He was arrested on the 31st. That's, of course, New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve. He was released 30 minutes after midnight on New Year's Day. He was seen by police a short time later. They said, look, go to a shelter. He apparently did not spot it again by the security guard at the church where the priest was. The security guard chased him off, but it was only seven hours later when they found the priest body.
4: After Bullock's arrest was made public, the police learned more about his activity on New Year's Eve. The local coast outpost reported that just before 9 a.m., local law enforcement began getting phone calls about an unknown male ranting that his wife was being held against her will in Garberville. Similar calls came throughout the morning, but when police responded to these calls, they couldn't locate him. Another 911 call had been made after a woman saw Bullock screaming and, quote, telling the neighbor's dog to attack and kill and was doing bird calls. He was pretty wild, gyrating around. He was messing with the sides of his head. He was also said to have dropped into the fetal position and then claimed he was looking for his wife inside the microwave oven of a neighbor's house, which he had broken into. The
3: part that really upset me was, that the guy who brutally murdered him had just been released from police custody only hours prior to this incident happening on New Year's. Um, So at first, you know, aside from the initial shock, I I was angry
5: at the police. Bullock was located at the home of his parents who were actually planning to turn him in.
4: And shortly after Bullock was taken into custody, Father Eric's stolen 2010 Nissan Altima was located in Southern Humboldt. And the Times-Standard reported that near the car, quote, the police found that someone had constructed two more of the A-shaped symbols made of sticks and branches near the stolen car. Okay, what the hell do these symbols mean?
1: That's some true detective shit right there. Yeah, there's nothing more jarring than seeing a symbol made of sticks. And that's why it's so utilized so often in movies and TV shows. Remember The first season of True Detective, there were these miniature A-shaped structures that were made of twigs that they kept finding. And then they found that it led, sort of led them to the killer. Blair Witch Project, we saw the same thing. And then there was a killer at the end of that story. You know, symbols, killers like, you see a lot of serial killers using symbols. Zodiac used symbols. PTK used symbols. Son of Sam used symbols. I don't know what the religious significance of these three sort of A-shaped symbols could mean. Yeah, I do remember the case of Aaron Brassler, who is the guy who shot two men at Fort Bragg and then went into hiding in the woods. And about 25 days into the search, they found this old Boy Scout cabin where he they thought that he had snuck into and they found a cross made of sticks there. So imagine, like you're searching for a killer who had just killed two people in the woods, and then you found this this sort of cross made of sticks. And he was eventually found, and he was shot by authorities. But his family said that he was suffering from undiagnosed mental illness. So, you know, symbols are are like that. They're they're they play off of archetypes, and uh, you know, no one's going to know exactly what those symbols mean. But you know, that's one of the reasons why we. We study this stuff is that, you know, that's what, unfortunately, that's what makes it so fascinating.
5: And on the heels of Bullock's arrest, people were outraged. The perspective of the community was that Bullock's original arrest for public intoxication was a rather simple problem that got worse within those 48 hours leading up to Father Eric's murder. After all, many police officers were sent out many times to deal with a mounting situation, stemming from one individual, Gary Lee Bullock. And the culminations of these events didn't end just with Bullock's arrest. They tragically ended with the murder of a beloved priest on New Year's Day.
2: Uh, Gary Bullock was arrested about a half hour ago in the southern part of Humboldt County, uh, down in the uh, Garberville area by the uh, Humboldt County Sheriff's Department. And we currently have officers en route down there to pick him up. And why do you think he is the right man? Well, there's a lot of evidence uh, at the scene uh, that would link him uh, to, this, uh, to this incident. And uh, based on what we found at the scene, as well as interviews we have done with people, uh, he seems to be the person that uh, there's no question in our mind is uh, responsible for this uh, heinous act. What kind of evidence can you tell us? Yeah, I can't go into a lot of specifics. As you might imagine, this is what the uh, interview will consist of. Uh, But we uh, uh, both uh, eyewitness accounts to him being in the area, as well as uh, things that we found at the scene that would lead us to believe that he is the right person. You know, right now we see it as a crime of opportunity. Uh, However, uh, as we get further into this, I'm sure we'll be able to piece together a motive. But at this time, I'm not really sure what the motive might be.
5: And on that final morning of 2013, Gary Bullock's behavior set off alarm bells within many individuals who encountered him. Some called 911 to cite the bizarre behaviors, and some just watched in concern. Either way, many in the community believe that the police must assume some blame for what happened to Father Eric.
1: But are the police at fault legally? The Eureka Police and the Humboldt Police Department defended the decision to let Gary Bullock go free hours before Father Eric was killed. And they see cases like this every day. With no serious criminal behavior to hold him and no evidence of a psychiatric problem, they say they had to just let him go. After Bullock was spotted at the church, the guard examined the jail papers, conducted a field sobriety test, and then directed him to the mission shelter, which is apparently protocol.
5: Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I think what's really interesting is that they caught him at the church twice. And after... My question is here: is like, what is this guy's obsession with the church? They come at the church twice, trying to break in. Two calls were made about him at this church, and the third time he, he persisted in this obsession with the church and made his way in and attacked Father Eric. So, how? But how are the police to know that these, instead of him just being sort of a a trespasser or a, a loiterer, mm. how how? Who's to know how it's going to escalate? Yeah,
1: exactly, and it's also it, it's a it's a church too, so it's something that is you know churches are considered sanctuaries, they're considered something that that uh, that somebody in need might say that um, uh, that that might necessarily not be in in a proper state of mind are going to say you know what this is where I, I need to get into this is where I need to go.
4: Right and eventually more came out that begged more questions about how religion had a hand in Gary's motives. The Times Standard reported that quote Bullock had also been making religious references during the days preceding and following the murder such as asking a sheriff's sergeant if he was an archangel. Bullock's stepfather eventually came forward and told how Bullock had wrapped himself in bungee cords and claimed that he was the archangel Michael while describing how each cord had some religious symbolism. On January 5th, a funeral mass was held for Father Eric at the St. Bernard's Church, where more than a thousand mourners attended the church, which was overflowing with people moving in and out to pay their respects and bid farewell to their beloved priest. And it was at the same time that Gary Bullock was in custody, where he was being interrogated for many, many hours. And he seemed to be in this kind of haze. He didn't really deny committing the crimes, but he didn't admit to committing them either. He claimed to not remember. He was being evasive and he was being coy. And at this point, police were thinking that Bullock had been trying to commit a burglary and it must have gone bad. And then Bullock tried to cover it up by setting the priest and the church on fire to conceal what he had done.
1: The investigation in this case also turned up DNA evidence. Bullock's DNA was found on a broken Pilsner glass that was shoved into Father Eric's mouth as well as on the cigar that was found at the scene. Father Eric's blood was identified on a blue thermal shirt Bullock wore that night and both Bullock's and Father Eric's DNA was found on the father's fingernails as well as on his wristwatch.
4: While Bullock was in jail, his calls were being recorded. And according to court documents, on these calls, he usually spoke with family members. And on one of the calls, he told his mother and stepfather the police had him, quote, dead to rights and told his mother that what she would learn about the crime would, quote, unquote, scare the shit out of her. And on a different call, he told his wife, quote, I
5: figured I would make my way home by myself. What a mistake that was. So in terms of what was uncovered during the investigation, There was no indication that the suspect and the victim knew each other or had ever met before the church break-in. And law enforcement's theory was that Bullock had broken into the rectory looking for money, drugs, car keys, a place to sleep, anything really. And when Bullock encountered the father, Father Eric defended himself until Bullock struck him with a blunt instrument, the blow so hard that it incapacitated him, and then he killed him eventually with all these other injuries we previously noted.
4: Bullock was charged with murder accompanied by the special circumstance of torture. He was also charged with burglary, arson, and auto theft. He pled not guilty and his bail was sent to $1.2 million. And he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. The prosecuting attorney told the court that Bullock had tortured Father Eric, quote, for his own sadistic purpose.
3: Oh, it's extremely frustrating because there was no real motive, like, Unless he just has tons of hate in his heart, he just seems like a deranged man. But he he had to have known. I just the attack itself, and that that's what was really hard, and still is really hard for me. Um, you know, when I read that he had gotten attacked and bludgeoned, and basically they had just said beaten to death. You know, I kind of had nightmares, and I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder. Did he try to fight back? You know, he's a religious man. He's a man of God. I would hope he tried to defend himself, and that really bugged me for a long time. Um, And then when all the details came out, yes, he did fight for himself, but God, for two hours maybe while all this terrible stuff was going on and happening to him, um, that guy's just a monster. Disgusting. Yeah, murder is murder. You're still breaking a commandment. And in order to get forgiveness, you need to seek forgiveness through reconciliation through a priest. So that's why it makes it extra mind-boggling that it's like he murdered a priest and didn't just murder, he tortured him. Um that part's terrible, but it, it doesn't make it any worse or less. But what's sad about it is that the family of Father Eric, they all know, hey, he, he would somehow find it in his heart to forgive this man, which is hard for any other normal person to even think about. But um, in the eyes of the church, if he did confess his sins and he was... Through the sacrament of reconciliation, and he was pardoned and forgiven by a priest, it would be okay. (laughs) Not okay, but they would see it and tell them that God would forgive them. But I don't see this guy going and talking to a priest and asking for
1: forgiveness. So during the trial, according to court documents, prosecutor Andrew Isaac brought out three items alleged to have been used in the attack. One was a wooden garden stake, one was a broken piece of iron drain pipe, and then there was that glass, Pilsner glass, that was with the base that was broken off. And he placed them on top of the witness stand. And the medical examiner who conducted the autopsy said the pipe could have been used to inflict several of the lacerations and bruises, and debris from the inside of the pipe could have been the source of debris found on Father Eric's body. Meanwhile, the wooden stake could explain several track-like parallel lacerations found on the body, and that Pilsner glass was a plausible source for the mouth injuries. The medical examiner also said that shoving that glass down Father Eric's throat could have pressed his tongue back, cutting off his oxygen flow.
5: The prosecution further claimed that Father Eric may have been awake through the entirety of the infliction of these injuries on him. And according to the court documents, the medical examiner then said, that the extensive injuries could have taken anywhere from several minutes to several hours to inflict. At the end of the trial, Gary Lee Bullock was found guilty in April of 2016, and he was given two life-term prison sentences for what he did to Father Eric Freed.
3: Yeah, I just remember my initial reaction. You know, I, I haven't had too many people close to me. And so I don't really know yet how I deal with grief. But at that point, I was just really angry reading that this man had been under police custody. It was like, why was he released? You know, did they not realize how deranged this man was? Because when I have read up on it, it's like the church was a block and a half away. So it was like the next order of business as soon as he got released was Breaking into the church and committing this horrible crime, and it's just shocking to find out somebody could do this to a man of God who's you know given up his entire life to teach others and show them the way of you know decency. And it's like, wait, what kind of payback is that? He gave up his entire life, and this is how it ends? Is some psycho beating him to death? It's terrible. That part kind of shakes your faith as a Catholic. You know, I still struggle with my faith because I don't believe that that's right, you know. It's really sad because that should not happen to somebody like Father Eric. It it hurt and it made me feel really bad that I hadn't made more attempts to be in closer contact with him. I think knowing that I was graduating and then that he was only going to be there one more year. Um, It made me sad, but yeah, I I just, again, like I think I just joined Facebook the first year I got to college, so I didn't really have any other ways of communicating with him. But when I found out, I just felt so guilty that I hadn't tried to reach out more. Um, But even further than that, this should never have happened to somebody that good. I mean, he sets the standard for, you know, what it really means to be a priest. And it was shocking. And it's not right. It should not have happened to him.
5: Father Eric sounds incredible and sounds like he embodies what the Roman Catholic Church is meant to represent. Kindness, compassion, love, just all the things that religion is is supposed to embody in this wholesome wholesome way and Megan we thank you so much for coming to us with your story and helping us help you keep father Eric's memory alive we are so honored and he sounds like such a wonderful man so thank you and we want to tell all of your stories don't we Jacqueline if you guys have
4: a story to tell, please write us. Hello at thefirstdegreepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at thefirstdegree, at Alexis Linklater, at Billy Jensen, at Jack Vanek. Join our Facebook group. There's so many of you in there now, and uh, we love it. And buy some merch.
5: And that's all. That's all. That's showbiz, baby.
1: But remember, <laughs> only you can prevent serial killers and keep your friends close.
5: But, but not, not that
4: close.
5: Happy bubble bath day. Bubble bath. Bye. And toffee. Yeah. Sources for today's episode includes the LA Times, the Visalia Times Delta, the Santa Maria Times, the Californian, the local coast outpost, ABC News, CNN, court documents. But as always, our first degree connection and interview is always our largest source.
4: Welcome to Killing Time, live
5: in Atlanta. Well, not live in Atlanta. Coming That's at right. you from the Claremont Hotel in we hot Atlanta. That. We don't have
4: to hot. Hot Atlanta. We don't have to hype them up. It's not hot. They're not it's paying all, us. All
1: it's done has, has rained the entire time that we've been here.
4: Hotlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Also, I had we had to stop Billy from talking about his book again. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> to start recording this. <laughs> God damn it, Billy. He's not engaged at all. With everybody, what we're doing. everybody He's is reading it for their.
1: Everyone's like the so first you, book of the year, and then they're reading it. So I'm I'm just re You know what? Fine, screw you guys. You know, know.
4: what? You have another job to do right well, now. I do. And I do have speaking another job and not looking at your phone.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow! Put your phone down. I'm okay,
4: child. I am
1: going. Yes, I'm. I, You're I want in time out. No, I want that as a uh, as as a a sound bite. What? Put down your phone. Put, like, your phone you down. put your phone down for you.
4: Yeah. Um. So. Well. Okay. So we're gonna play a game of Would, Would you, you rather. rather? But before we're gonna tease what we've been doing in Atlanta because we think that you guys are gonna be
5: very excited. We had <clears throat> excuse moi. We did a very amazing interview last night with a very amazing, insightful person. Yes. Who you may be familiar with. Are we not gonna say his name? It rhymes with Rain. <laughs> rain <Kinsley>. Rinsley. <laughs> <laughs> rain Rinsley. Yes. <laughs> we interviewed so Payne
4: Lindsay think, last night yeah, yeah. and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Left, s- yeah, we left. him. So we, rad. Yeah,
1: we were in the uh, Up and Vanish slash radio rental uh, offices slash studio, which is in this really cool building where there's a food court underneath it and That's everything. It's, it's kind of, yeah. And it's he has de
5: Leon market. Yes.
1: And he has a uh, a little sound chamber, basically. That we were all in for about two hours. Four, very, pe- four people in a very tiny room. It was room. a very
4: small sound chamber. Quite intimate you.
1: with four yes. people. It was quite intimate. It's, but, people uh, open but, up
4: in there because you're literally in a little coffin together. Yeah. yeah. On top of one, one another. another.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And but, we were drinking beer. Jared didn't fit inside. Sorry, Jared. (laughs) He was outside peering through the window the whole time. Like a little puppy dog. It was good though. We had a good time. We had a great time. We love Atlanta and we're super excited to bring you guys a really good episode with pain. Yeah. We think you're going to love it. It's going to be great. Okay. So let's play on that note. Would you rather? I'm going to uh, run the game and I'm really sorry for what I'm about to make you all decide what you would rather do. Okay. Also, we
4: should start a little thread on our Facebook group for all of these that everybody
5: has to answer. Yes.
4: Okay. Yes. Yeah. So somebody do that. That's not me.
5: So no. this, my first few questions are for, would you rather for Jack and Billy are going to be inspired by the movie saw okay. I'm not sure which number, because there are 30,000 of them. Also that movie really fucked me up. Me too. Forever. Which one? <laughs> all of the them. first one. The first one. Yeah. It was.
1: Yeah. So I never saw it.
4: You so, ever saw saw no. not a horror guy. So, I'm not a horror person either. Uh, Especially after that movie. I think it might be the last one I ever watched.
5: Yeah. So, would you rather have your body hoisted (laughs) into a pit full of syringes, clean syringes? There's not, like, used syringes. Right. Or a pit full of insects, miscellaneous, wasps, cockroaches, spiders, creepy crawly things, worms. All mixed together. How mm-hmm. hard are you getting hoisted? <laughs> how about you jump? In? You have to jump into it. You jump, jump in it yourself, into it. and
4: then are you standing? However, your body falls. It falls. How many? How many feet of layers of things are there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would say <laughs> ten feet. It's like a swimming well. ten feet syringes or miscellaneous. I think I would do syringes.
1: I don't know. I'm almost thinking like the, the insects, at least they'll break your fall <laughs> a little bit when you're falling. So.
4: But the thing is the and fall is the only thing like, that's the only problem with the syringes. And then once you're in there, you're just in there and you're, <laughs> yeah. they're not biting you or stinging yeah. you or creeping up into your nostril. <laughs>
0: that's the wow. only
4: problem
5: with the syringes. The only I problem with the syringes is the jump.
4: Is the jump. That's what I was asking. Are you being thrown in by two large men and then you just fall or are you jumping in yourself and you Which, can, you can figure out where your feet land
5: on a syringe, you're on a wasp.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I'll go with the syringes as well. Yeah, I'm going with the syringes. Well, okay. you know what? Actually, another question is, are you there forever though? Yeah. No. How long are
4: you, you there for? Oh, oh, you, you can get out. Do you swim your way out? You got to just kind of crawl be- out. Because if
1: you were there forever, you'd get lonely so that you'd want to be with the insects because at least you can I don't think them. so. I'd, I'd be I'm doing
4: syringes. A- As long as they're clean syringes, I think that I could find my way out.
5: Okay.
1: Okay. That
5: was the first question. Second question. Would you rather, for a whole day, be in your mom's body or your dad's body?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. Is this also from Saw?
5: <laughs> no, it's just an idea I this have. This is from Freaky Friday. And that? then and then you have to
1: <laughs> I'd rather be in Lindsay.
4: Then the couple no, have sex. No, 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 no. We've gone too far. I'm sorry, mom and
5: dad. We're
1: not
4: doing that question. Do okay. another one. <laughs>
5: All right, just the first part. Mom's body or dad's body?
4: Well, that's e- my mom. <laughs> She's a woman. <laughs> uh, I
1: mean when my dad was alive? Yeah. Um uh, my dad, just because of how strong he was, would be cool to just to see. Right. <laughs> yeah.
4: What about you? I so
1: have those forearms.
4: I'd
5: rather die. <laughs> yeah. See, you can't do that question. Well, I'm the ref. I'm the referee. Yes, so I'm can... not involved in this game.
1: Okay. I have a, would you rather? And this comes from conversation starters world. Oh no,
5: not again.
1: <laughs> would you rather know the history of every object you touched or be able to talk to animals?
4: Talk to animals. Why would I want to know the history of anything I touch? <laughs> you never want to know how the sausage is made. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, Exactly.
5: No. That was not a good would you rather, Billy.
4: <sighs> or what was the... They aren't even related. Or what? Talk to how animals. About wait, would
1: wait. You, would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again?
5: Never stand in line never again. Never stand again. in yeah, line yeah. for sure. I like sitting in the car. I hate standing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a sit versus stand. Yeah. No. Um, how and, about this? Would you rather be a golden retriever Okay. Mm-hmm. And belong to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or be, be a golden retriever and belong to Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline.
6: Who would uh, be a better
4: owner? Well, he's the only one that is a dog owner. What? He's the only one that is I a dog owner. I used to have a dog.
5: <laughs> But he doesn't live with his dog. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's
1: true.
5: So you would live in Phoenix <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, so you
1: live in Phoenix, and it, it'd <laughs> or be really you live hot.
5: Hollywood with me.
1: I and don't li- know. Yeah, I don't know. And you'd have to be you'd have to be <laughs> walked I'd... three times a day uh, outside of Alexis's apartment, which is
4: <laughs> not the best. Yes. more syringes,
1: more syringes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is related. Can I just be a related golden retriever and
4: bird? belong to me and live by the beach? <laughs> no, and frolic on the sand. No. Oh yeah, you frolic on the sand so much, Jacqueline. <laughs> yeah, ja- I don't think Jack's
1: ever actually no. touched the sand. <laughs> yes,
4: I they have. I go to the beach a good amount. Do you? Well, I used to when I lived in Venice.
1: Exactly. Yes. You live
4: on the water and you go to the beach less than ever. Yeah. Mm, so you yeah, live on the water,
1: but she she lives at a marina, so there's not really a beach. There, there. is. I mean, there is that little beach. Mm, I don't want to go to that beach. Anyways, yeah, exactly. I
4: would live in marina. It belonged to me. And <laughs> and <myself>. belong to. <laughs> okay. Next question, Billy.
1: Oh God, some of these are, yeah. Would you rather be an average person in the present or a king of a large country 2,500 years ago?
5: 2,500 years ago, king. Yeah.
1: I don't, you know what though?
5: The your life expectancy.
1: your life expectancy is it's like, like twenty
5: five. you're a yeah. king. You get to just sleep with everybody and eat that's until you're bored. You that's where you
1: went right there. <laughs> Sleeping with <I'd> be- everybody, <laughs>
5: behead people on a
1: whim. And behead- okay,
5: and not right. have to feel and bad then about it.
4: You're probably in the like in the beginning stages of the the Illuminati.
5: You are the foundation of the Illuminati. Yeah, I like that, king. Okay. <laughs> Jared's sitting here nodding.
1: Jared, what do you think?
5: He wants to be a king. Look at in, him he looks no, like- Jared's
1: like Jared's like. I just want to live in the present, man. I'm just trying to.
5: You need video games. Oh, he he. So he wants to exist now. <laughs>
4: you want to you want to stay in today just so you can play video games. Use
5: your <laughs> phone. Wow. Okay. Here we are. All right. I think that's enough.
1: No, no. no. Can I do one more? <laughs> sure. Because this relates to uh, um, uh, some of the stuff that you guys have been posting on Instagram. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music, or be forced to sing along to every song you've ever
4: heard? Oh, that's pretty bad dance <laughs> although i am bad at both i'm bad i'm terrible at both but, it- we- but at least you know what but what if a song came on while you're like in bed trying to sleep and then you'd have to get up and dance?
1: <laughs> but would you rather
4: <laughs> sing when your partner's like, trying to sleep? I'd rather sing. She's like, yeah, because Jared wakes love, me up with the snoring. I love like, the idea of Jack
1: sleeping. And then she's like, but why did I make that choice? And she just has to get up and start dancing. It's like dancing. a sad
4: razzle dazzle dance. I'm like, <laughs> I think
5: I'm going to take dance because I need like physical activity is good for you. It is, so I'm gonna choose dancing because I don't really sleep anyway.
4: Okay, yeah, so that won't be an issue. Uh huh. I just am too lazy, I think, to do the dance. Right. So sing it is. What about you, Billy?
1: I probably pick the sing. Yeah.
4: Because you can. Well, I, you I like love singing. singing. I do. Karaoke I man over here. The sad karaoke man. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> a sad song. I again. did not do a sad
1: song. I did. That was. Sad. I did. Everybody. Um. Might as well get stoned. That's not a sad song.
4: You song. sang it sadly. <laughs> I sang it
1: sadly. Well, that's my thing. Yeah. But you
4: turned it into, but it I a didn't, sad song. yeah,
1: I didn't do whiskey and you by Chris Dableton. Cause that would have brought the room down.
7: And I, <laughs> this I, didn't <laughs> bring the room
4: up. No, it didn't bring the room up. I looked
5: away. <laughs> I looked away. <laughs> I loved I am, it. Cause but, I almost cried, oh. but it, cause it was a sad song and I'm sad enough as I am. Yeah. yeah. I don't need any more. We don't All need right, to be well. sadder. All right. On that note, um, Hotlanta, we love you. We love ya, and uh, stay tuned for our uh, Rain Rinsy
6: <laughs> episode. And that's Showbiz show Baby. baby.